The Legal Entrepreneurs Podcast with Reviewed and Cleared. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Legal Entrepreneurs Podcast with Reviewed and Cleared and Legal Cheek. Today I'm very excited to have Matt Hemsworth with us. Used to be the boss of Hemsworth Law, but now the boss of, well, one of the bosses of Hemsworth Scott, is that right? That's Before absolutely I right. I should, actually, I should correct you being a lawyer, it's Hemsworth Legal. Ah, sorry. But it doesn't matter anymore because we are now Hemsworth Scott. It no longer exists. <laughs> so I'm very pleased to have Matt here. Matt is a, a very good example of a legal entrepreneur, and I'm very happy to have him here. So I'll jump right in, Matt, for the, um, for the one or two listeners there are. Um, could you give them a summary of your business? Your size, your location, your staff, what you do on a t- what you do as a business, and what you do on a typical day. Um, I think that's probably the best place to start. Uh, absolutely, I should probably start by talking about the old firm and then the new firm. Um, so, in terms of my background, as you very well know, David, um, I trained at Shillings, started a year after you, um, arrived there as a 23-year-old boy. Uh, in, the, in the big big smoke in London and spent 10 years there um, and six years ago I decided to leave and set up on my own and that's uh, how I established Himsworth Legal um, it was literally me on my own um, within the first couple of months or so um, we set up in my back room in St Albans in Hertfordshire where I live um, we grew very very quickly we had a number of um, uh, Clients that we were very proud of, that we believe would come with us and, and did, and uh, were able to expand pretty quickly and um, take on a, a, a few other lawyers. I mean, in terms of who we are or were or what we did, um, I am I'm a reputation protection lawyer. Um, libel, privacy is what I do on a daily basis, so whether that be litigation, pre-publication, arguing with my friends at legal departments and newspapers, people like you, Dave. Yes. Um, and we're... Well, in fact, my own practice, I was pretty well known for working within the sports industry. Uh, I would say about 40 or 50% of what we do on a daily basis, or Hemsworth Legal did on a daily basis, was for sports clients. So a lot of football players, unsurprisingly, uh, a number of Premier League football clubs as well, um, including um, your uh, arch nemesis is Liverpool, who yes. I know you're a massive Evertonian. Listeners should know that Matt's just been showing me pictures of him and his family at Anfield. Just, I, I don't know why he would do that to me. Uh, it's just a disgusting way to start any cat. Well, I should say I did, at the end of that show, my picture of the time I met Peter Reid at Brentford. Which so um, it's, all, it's all balanced up. Um, so uh, sport was a big part of, is a big part of what we do. Uh, the rest of our clientele, uh, we don't really do celebrity work. We mainly act for businesses, corporates, uh, high net worth individuals and their families, um, both when they have... A media crisis but we do a lot of proactive work so uh, important to us with the businesses we work with and also the Premier League football clubs and sports organisations we do a lot of proactive work in understanding reputational risks and uh, being on the ground for when those risks uh, manifest. Um, as I said six years ago it was just me but that was for a couple of months. I was swiftly joined by my PA Gemma who is, well, uh, to call her a PA would, would, would be to not do it justice. She's our office manager now and, and runs absolutely everything in terms of admin. Um, within a year, we brought on uh, Jess Lovell, who was a former colleague at Shillings, who was an ITV lawyer at the time that we, we took her on. Uh, we then brought in Lorna Caddy from Taylor Wessing, um, who I would say is probably the best lawyer I've ever worked with. 
um, which is no disrespect to all my other colleagues. <laughs> uh, I know that everyone in the firm agrees. Um, and also, just to bring the Liverpool connection back, we also have um, Natalie Wignall, who's the general counsel and, and was a director at Liverpool. She uh, came in as a, as a senior consultant fairly recently and does lots of contract and commercial work I mean, for that's, us that's as well. Great. Sorry? That's a great move for you. Yeah, it was. It was quite a coup um, yeah. to bring in Natalie, who had a good reputation within the sport, um, and to bring someone who was director level at um, you know, one of the greatest football clubs in the world. It <laughs> <laughs> uh, was a real coup for us. Um, which le- which and that brings us to this summer. Um, now, Chris Scott is a very good friend of mine. Um, and... A brilliant lawyer, uh, was a partner at Shillings, uh, has a fantastic practice at Shillings and I'd said to him how great it was being an entrepreneur for a long, long time. Um, I've always wanted Chris to come and enjoy the ride with me um, and I was delighted when he agreed this summer. Um, Chris does uh, similar work to us. Um, he works with FTSE 100 companies, really impressive clientele. His contacts are fantastic. He is a tremendous lawyer and a, a tremendous people person. Um, and um, we have merged to become Himsworth Scott now. Um, a lot of proactive reputation work for clients uh, will include reputation and pre-publication work as well. Um, and that's where we sit now. We, we're being, um, aggressive is the wrong word, but um, aggressively hiring because um, we have quite a lot on our plate at the moment and um, we're trying to get some good quality associates through the door so that we can continue to service our clients. So I mean yeah. at the moment we're using um, some really good consultants to service our clients so uh, uh, that's all going very very well but we want to we want to build a little bit of a mini empire here. Okay that was interesting that you you, you think the way you got him over is to be an entrepreneur not yes. the work because he brings the work with him but but you offering him freedom Freedom. Yes. Matthew does not have blue paint on his face. When he's <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that. I was going to try the accent, but then Mel Gibson didn't get it right, so why should I? Um, yes, it, it, it is about freedom. Freedom to make your own decisions, to do the work that you want to do, and to service the client in the way that you want to service the client. I mean, Chris has got a really clear vision, um, which is not meant as disrespect to established law firms that are out there. There are many very, very, very good ones, but a really clear vision about how to service a client um, and what's needed. And it's something that we found within our six years to have the freedom to develop really strong relationships with our clients. Um, We joked about going up to Anfield last weekend, but um, having that relationship with with that club and lots of other clubs, spending time in places like Liverpool, Manchester, Newcastle, uh, across the Midlands, wherever else, and going, sitting on clients' laps and being part of their family. It's a really big part of our business. it's only so far you can go with being a libel firm that sues people or defends people who are being sued. Um, yes. So we believe in long, strong relationships, being there for the long-term objectives of our clients and being a part of that client's business. That's a big part of what we were already doing. I already knew it was a big part of what Chris wanted to do. And um, um, I should say, to, bring, to just to bring it all back to sport, we, uh, we ended up doing the deal, sat at Lords watching England play Pakistan. Um, we we're going to have a lunch to see whether it was something that, that we could agree to. We decided to have two or three beers watching England. Actually, they were getting beat at the time, but we had a great day. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was saying in, in an interview I did that I, my, I bought a firm over a beer and we had so many, I'd spilt the beer, my last beer over the contract and then tried to act cool about it. Um, <laughs> On the back of a fag packet. Yeah. So I want to take you back to 
And this is less, this would be more of a question for Chris, but that, because your firm's pretty big, well, it's big now, you know, you can't get away from that. Well, I think what, what would be interesting, what we're sort of trying to drill down on in these chats is where you were when you made the decision to move, where you were when you made the decision to make a leap. I mean, this is the scary thing for a lot of lawyers is they're trapped financially, they're trapped within their own mind, that, you know, everything's scary outside the safe private practice or in-house. So, so was it a push? Was it a pull? How did, how did it happen? Um, there were a few factors. Um, one of the most crucial ones was family. Um, I'm sure we'll get back to that because family is a very, very important thing to me. Um, I have a nine-year-old and a six-year-old, so I left Schilling six years ago, so you can work out the maths on that. I, I missed a lot of the first three years of my daughter's life, and which saddened me. Um, I, I'm very much a family man and wanted to, to, to be a, a father who was actively involved in my kids' lives and, and there was time when that was being taken from me. Um, so I go back to the word freedom. Um, my son was about to be born when I made the decision to leave Shillings and he was about four months old when I think I finally did. I spent three or four months planning what I wanted to do. Um, I didn't want to compromise though. I wanted to continue doing the same level of work and I wanted to have it all. Hugely selfish, hugely arrogant, and now I look back at it, I don't believe I realised what a risk it was I was taking. Um, I had a few uh, what I regarded as fiercely loyal clients who I believed would come with me. The majority of them did. I remember one didn't for six months, um, which gave me some sleepless nights, but enough of them did that I could wash my face from day one. And you asked about the finance aspect of it. I mean, it's a strange quirk of fate. Uh, we were living in, in a rented house at the time. We didn't have a mortgage. Yeah. So what that meant is, what would have been equity, and well, we had previously owned a place, sold it, and then went onto the rental market. Don't ask me why. I have no idea why we did that. <laughs> but it was real serendipity because we I had a big chunk of cash, which would have been the equity in a property. Yeah. Who is that? Yeah, well, quite. <laughs> so, um, and I am I'm quite concerned, despite the fact I, I regard myself as a legal entrepreneur and I jumped out of a, you know, a great environment like Shillings to do something on my own, I still regard myself as quite a conservative bloke. So I wasn't going out and buying expensive cars and spending that money. It was sat in my bank account because you know that needed to go into a property or a business. So I didn't put myself into any debt. I had to pay for professional indemnity insurance, um, which which I found eye-watering at the time, but um, I guess I was naive in that respect. Um, and it was going to be just me on my own, which was naive. Um, I remember photocopying some receipts and putting them on an Excel spreadsheet and thinking, this can't last. Yeah, yeah. It was a ludicrous decision. <laughs> no. um, that. Which And, and that, then that brings me to, uh, to, to Gemma, my PA, office manager, whatever else. Um, everything that needs to be done. You know, she's got a million roles. Um, Gemma is the wife of a, of, a, of a business client of mine who approached me after about two or three months and he was sending me some good quality civil litigation work. Uh, so he's an important client to me. And he said, uh, you, you know, my wife's an experienced administrator. I said, no, I didn't. That's interesting. He said, well, you know, we, we love your business. Okay. He said, well, I think you should employ her as your PA. And I remember having that conversation thinking, oh, my God, this could be the worst moment in the early stages of the business. Yeah. Because imagine if this lady who I don't know from Adam is terrible. Yeah. 
either I don't give her a, a job and I offend my client, or I do give her a job, she turns out to be terrible, and that's even worse. I've yeah. got two problems on my hands. Um, and it turns out she was incredible. Um, someone who really believes in the business, gets genuinely excited when long outstanding bills get paid or we get a good result, whatever else. And having people that are as... Actually, I don't expect anyone to be as emotionally invested in the business as I am, except Chris now, because, you know, our names are above the door. Or maybe Jess as well, because she's a director and anyone else that becomes a director in future. But people who feel almost as emotionally attached as you are absolutely money can't buy that yeah. kind, that level of commitment, that uh, level of uh, joy that it brings to everyone when, when you can work with somebody like that. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, I was going to ask what your worst mistakes so far would be, but I'm guessing your best thing so far was getting that first person in. Yes, first person in, then the second, then the third. Um, you know, we we've made some really good hires. Um, was that uh, scary taking on? Yeah, it was. Someone's wage. Uh, it was, and I tell you, um, uh, so taking on Gemma's wage was obviously scary. That she's a pure employee, so that was taking a wage on. That's you know, that's someone's mortgage. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when she's saying, "Oh, I've got to go and do this this weekend and pay for it," I, I mean, I'd be sticking my fingers in my ears, going, "Oh my God, don't tell yes. me this! Don't tell me this!" Yeah, absolutely, it it, it, it does. It's a yeah, it's a it's a real responsibility on you. Um, and the, the next person on board um, kind of sums up why. Um, uh, sums up how it can feel a bit scary and a bit daunting because the second person that came in was, was Jess who was a very much a known quantity to me so I worked with Jess at Shillings she was now at that stage at ITV so I didn't have to upset my former employers and um, the fact that I brought in a known, a known quantity to me suggests that you know it, that taking these risks was, was quite daunting in fact before I'd had that conversation with Jess I had had a really good conversation with a, uh, with a young guy who I really thought I should take a risk on this guy but I'm not sure whether to make that jump um, he went off to another firm later on. He took a massive piece of litigation with him, and I regretted it as a result. But right. what can you do? Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, and then the next most, we, we had some really good um, employees in between. We had a paralegal who worked with, with us for two years, who was outstanding. Then went off to a big London law firm. We couldn't keep her for that reason. We then brought Lorna on board, uh, who initially was covering for Jess on maternity but has become you know, as important in this business as anyone. As I said, absolutely incredible lawyer as well. And then and so the coup of bringing Natalie on board and then finally, as of today, Chris and everyone else that's following suit, um, which is happening quite quickly. So um, recruitment is something which you can really badly get wrong or incredibly get right. And um, we, we had a couple of minor pickups with people that didn't stay for too long, lower level employees, but other than that. And if you get it right, that means the growth can happen. Yes, yeah. you need you need people to grow. Um, I set out a business plan at year one. Um, sometimes I'd turn back and look at it, and actually we're not that far off where we needed to be. But I had, I don't know if I was learning it by rope, but I you know learned about uh, uh, when I was at Shillings about gearing about. Oh, well, you very you... kindly lent me your business plan so I could write my. Oh, yes, well done. Yeah. Well done yeah. on copying that. <laughs> I completely copied it. Yeah, and, and then exceeding what we've done by uh, employing more people than we do. But well, well done. No, and I look back at my business plan and uh, I remember thinking, uh, in my business plan, it was we will get two more clients in the, in the next year. Yeah. You know, I, I wonder, I, this is a good question. I'll be the judge of that. Do you. Do you do, do, I, I personally had a slow growth plan on my business and it, 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 even if I'd wanted a slow growth it's not been possible but I think it's probably better to have a slow growth plan or a reasonable growth plan than expect suddenly to reach the sky yes um, 
you can set yourself up for a big fall if you if you're over ambitious on it. Um, I, I don't believe in if you build it, it will come. And what I mean by that is go out and employ a, a hell of a lot of people, yeah. and I'm sure the work will come in. Um, you need you need to marry up and, and get the timing absolutely right on the work coming in and the people coming in. Um, it's one thing that Chris and I have found over the last month and a half is we have probably got more work in than we expected to get in. Yeah. Um, we've been very lucky that we've had some um, senior associate level consultants available to us. Um, we've massively overburdened the like of, likes of Lorna as well. Um, but we're managing, but we need full-time employees um, um, to, to, to work on that. And, and you know, we, we want a lot of progression within the business as well. You know, so, so Chris and I are the managing directors, but yeah. essentially, you know, Jess and Lorna are, are the ones that are helping us run the business as well. Yes. And we, we, we need people to help and support them. They're not there to do the donkey work and the legwork. We, get, we need to get associates in to do that. So to grow a law firm, you have to have times where you just can't breathe, really. Yes. Because that's the catalyst for saying, right, I need the next bit. Yeah. I mean, that, that's how I seem to work. Every six months, I'm not sleeping because I'm working through the night and then it, you get someone new and it goes down again and it yeah. seems to be a There have been, ta- there have been ta- uh, times, uh, you, you mentioned about what mistakes, there have been times when I've been drafting long technical letters and uh, I've looked at myself in the room and said, what are you doing? This is this isn't your. You are a name partner in this business. You shouldn't be doing all this drafting. Um, yes, you should be in charge of that letter, and you should be over overseeing it, etc. But there are some really good associates out there. Yeah. Um, some of which we've been talking to and we've been making offers to. Um, but there are some really good associates out there. Um, they should be drafting those letters, and they should be. Um, looking to be sat in your shoes in the next few years and yeah. you know that is, yeah. it's important to say that because we're not bringing associates in just that's to do donkey work all, we want them to go business that's part of your learning process though isn't it you've got to let go of things and you've got to get people who you can let go of things to yeah I, I'm loath to uh, maybe I shouldn't quote uh, Ian Brown in a uh, in a Legal Entrepreneurs um, podcast but there's a song of Ian Brown's which says keep what you got by giving it all away um, yeah. and I always hang on to that one in terms of entrepreneurship um, the idea of, I could have been a 100% shareholder in a small business called Hemsworth Legal, but the first conversation which changed that was bringing Jess on board as a director shareholder. Um, you know, promoting people from up from within, bringing Chris on board, actually giving away big chunks of my business effectively. Yes. But you have to do that if you want a bigger business. Yeah, I mean, I've been in exactly the same situation. Um, okay, so we're talking about being busy all the time. So that moves me quickly on to. And this is important for entrepreneurs, and it's one of the unique selling points. It's only what Review and Cleared sell on is we can change your life. Mm-hmm. Um, now, do you do you have that sell to your associates? Because yes. or are you saying you're just coming to another? No, author? absolutely, we have that sell to our associates. Uh, we want we want associates. We want anyone in the business. Uh, we want researchers. We want paralegals. Uh, we want partners, associates, whatever else, to be incentivized. Um, we want them to share our journey. We want when we make more money, we want them to make more money. Um, I'm not going to give away what our benefits are, but you can guess what kind of things we do. We want them to have flexibility, um, so we put trust on them. Um, I mean, give you the classic example of one of the things that I love about what I do is I will sometimes work from home. Well, sometimes, probably at least once a week, I will have a day or half a day working from home. 
um, which will quite often involve when my son, who's six, comes home from school, having a kickabout in the garden with him. Yeah. Um, and I absolutely love that. Yeah. Um, I have a neighbour up the road who seems to think I don't do that much work because all she can hear is me, you know, losing 16, 12 to my son in the back garden. But um, so I want that for myself um, and I want the people within my business to have that. So we have really big flexibility. So, for example, Lorna, who currently works as a consultant for us, that means that she can do her um, stuff with the kids, going to the gym, all of her interests that she has, and she can work around that. Um, And we want everybody within the business to be able to do that, we, you know, we kind of want to be a bit modern and trendy. Well, this and all has been that, the theme of every single entrepreneur interview. Um, it's all everything seems to be about changing the way lawyers live. Uh, but how are you changing the way? I mean, how many times has as as your wife said, "That's it, finish work tonight, get downstairs." I I, I like probably most lawyers. I'm not very good at switching off. I'm not a relaxer. Um, I the, the one of the rules that we have around the table is unless that's work and important, put it down. Um, sometimes that will be my daughter saying it to me, not just my wife. Yeah, no, no, my kids. If that, um, if that work. I try and put my phone down. Uh, I charge my phone next to me in bed, and we shouldn't do that. None of us should do that. But we do we do education sessions with young football players about social media and all the dangers. And one of the things we talk to, particularly the young lads, is not becoming addicted, turning it off, not playing Fortnite till three in the morning. Uh, we have other things that young kids would do, and I'm as guilty as them, yeah. which I find slightly embarrassing. But I'm not sure. There's a part of me that is also perversely proud of it. I'm contactable by my clients at all times. Yes. I'm really responsive. Um, you know, a, a, a football agent or a football club or, or a FTSE 100 business or a high net worth individual knows if they send me a text or an email on Sunday, there are very few occasions where it will take more than an hour for them, for them to get a response yeah. back. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, my wife's not a massive fan of that. No. But she is when I tell her how much they're going to pay me to, to do all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds more. Uh, this is. Uh, if, if you could argue that you were running an in-house service, I mean, you could argue yeah. you're more like an in-house lawyer. Than it's you are a bit like that. I mean, um, I, I'm loath to keep going back to the, the football examples, but 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 they encapsulate it quite well, and people are obviously interested in it. But um, to use a football club, Liverpool's one, but there are quite a few others that we do. Um, they are businesses which are written about every day. Um, it's a national sport. It's a national obsession. Um, not all of it is positive. Um, in fact, I would say there's a negative article written about the, the top six football clubs probably every week. Um, so therefore, there is a need for an in-house media law advisor, and you would never recruit one and have one permanently. It doesn't matter whether you're a huge supermarket or a football club. No. So we can provide that service. And um, uh, what's really important for us is uh, quite a lot of um, minor critics, corporate clients or sports clients will come to us and say, we want to reply to this journalist, but we we wonder what the what the rule is on with it. So in this respect, we is there are there any privacy or confidence implications here or, or anything? Is is this defamatory or would can, can we put some pressure on? Yes. In this respect, we don't want you to send it. Would you draft the email, or, or would you look at a draft that we've done? And, and that's that's a really important part of our relationship as well. Yeah. And also in going into businesses and identifying risks in the first place as well, things that can go wrong in this digital age, etc. So, can you see a time where you won't, where you, where all this entrepreneurial work, where all this 
investment will pay off? Do you have a 10-year plan, a five-year plan? Um, well, actually, that which segues quite nicely into sort of plans for the future of the business, but I guess for the purposes of this, how do you go from being Matt Hemsworth starting up on his own to Matt Hemsworth? I'm glad I went through all that pain because yeah, I'm, what I'm greedy money. fat cat with junior lawyers making all his money for him? Probably spending money <laughs> and field. Oh, <laughs> well, it's expensive, you know. <laughs> um, it's a difficult one to well, answer. Is that even the dream? I mean, well, no, it, it, it is. I am someone who I never see myself retiring, but I don't want to work at this intensity when I'm in my sixties. Yes. Um, like I said, I can't relax. I'm, I'm not a relaxer. Um, and I think that annoys the hell out of my wife sometimes. But I don't, I don't enjoy relaxing, uh, <laughs> which comes from my mum. My mum doesn't enjoy relaxing. Um, she won't sit still for five minutes. Yeah. Um, when my mum comes up to stay, uh, and she's not a housework person, she's been a career woman. Uh, we'll get on to her in a minute. But um, she, we leave her for ten minutes, and she'll have done a lot of ironing in our house. And you think, why have you done that? Because she can't sit and she can't relax, and, and I get that from her. Yeah. Um, so I always want to be busy. Um, yes, do I want other people to be more busy and be making money while I relax a little bit and enjoy foreign holidays and see my kids through uni and everything else? Yes, I do. I, um, and part of my answer to it is I, I am already experiencing a little bit of that. You know, we, we, we are a little team now, uh, yeah. a pretty successful team. Um, and I envisage in a year's time that that's going to be an even bigger team in five years' time. It's going to be a pretty impressive team as well. You know, we already regard ourselves as serious and decent players in the reputation field. So, yeah. Um, we, feel, we feel quite good and confident about that. So, do you think those people... Um, who, I mean, do you look for entrepreneurs when you're, re- when you're hiring? I mean, I mean the, the, what, I'm, what I'm finding is you can get to a certain level and you can have people who are water carriers and people who, are, mm. who go out and, and get the work. Are you still sufficiently young to think, I need to hire entrepreneurs? Yes, absolutely. And um, do you, can you spot them? I think so. <laughs> That's a bad answer, isn't it? What would you say you could spot um, them by? There's no one size fits all, um, and it's really important that we we wrecked, you know it was a Watford captain Troy Deeney, another client by the way Watford I should say that because they're my local team. Right with that. You're right with Watford. Um, uh, he, well, you did steal their manager. Yes. Um, he said something about um, not everyone's a Ferrari. We we are we we are whatever unit we are. And Troy Dean is a big, strong, robust striker, and he has to play like a big, strong, robust striker. He can't try and become Lionel Messi. Yeah. Um, and it's important that we recognise that in ourselves in a business con- context. Um, so, can you recognise that someone's an entrepreneur? Well, someone might not be. Someone might not be like Chris, or they might not be like me. But I think everyone has, if they are ambitious and bright, they have within them the ability to be a certain type of entrepreneur. Now, we, are, we, we do not want to bring an associate into our firm who does not want to eventually become a partner. But we also yeah. don't want someone who thinks they're going to be a partner within six months and doesn't have to work for it. Um, we want someone that will fit into our culture and we'll, we'll, we'll see that, um, that future for them. Yeah. I mean, I wonder even even the sort of people who apply to work for you, seeing as they are, you're a relatively new firm, I mm. wonder whether them in themselves are risk takers who are with. I think there must be. Yeah. If you were if you were uh, unhappy at a reputation 
law firm or, or a law firm that specialises in libel or privacy and you were unhappy, you'd be looking to see whether hard bottles, Michigan, shillings, Wigan or whoever yeah. else. Uh, and, and you do see that. You see a lot of people at LinkedIn that happen to be the three similar yeah. libel practices and they're probably, they're probably good lawyers. Um, we, we, we want someone a bit more entrepreneurial. We want someone that wants to, oh God, I'm going to sound like a real tosser here, but we want to share, share our journey, you know, and, you, and it is that. You, yeah. You're all right. You're just on the right lines, I say. Yeah, okay, um, uh, But yeah, I, I, I can, I just, occurring to me, but you're going to go for a job at Hims with Scott, and the same way that I want people in it reviewed and cleared, you have to, you have to, Say to them, there's nothing planned out here. You have to jump in with it. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's not school. Um, I always think of lawyers. Sometimes they treat their career a bit like school. You go to school, you do well, you get your GCSEs, you get your A levels, you then go to university, yeah. and, and as provided and you good training contract. Yeah, exactly. As long as you perform well, you'll get those rewards, and eventually there's that carrot at the end. You'll you'll become a partner, and you'll wake up at the age of forty five and think, where the bloody hell did my life go? Yes. Um, whereas you can make it happen. I mean, like, we wouldn't rule out the idea of someone you know much younger than. I mean, you and I are turning forty this year. You at at the date of recording turn forty tomorrow, yes. so therefore you're yes, already forty you by the time people listen yeah. to that. Um, I still think that's young, but uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. worry because my kids tell me it's not. Um, but we don't think age is about. I'm going to descend into football cliches about being with you're good enough, you're you're old enough. But um, yeah, I mean we 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 want you know thrusting people who are ambitious to come and join us. Yeah, because it's exciting to be around. I think so. I think so. I mean, one chat I had with someone today while I was on the scam for more lawyers, you can tell immediately that someone's talking three steps ahead of where I mm. thought they were, and you're like, geez, I wouldn't yeah. mind you as part of this. Yeah, I, it's it's important. that um, Ambition in someone, it's, if someone doesn't have ambition, when where are they going? I, I remember I, I worked for a, a client in the construction industry, and he was talking about businesses, and he says a business which is, um, a business which is not growing is a business which is dying. Um, and I think the same applies to a career as well. If you're not if you're not growing, then you know your career's not going anywhere. Yeah. yeah. So, getting getting back to, and I think there's been a lot of good stuff. But someone listening to this and they're thinking about, I've got a good idea. I'm, I can do this, whether it's legal or non-legal. Uh, you know, screw my partner boss, screw them all. I hate them all. I'm going to go for it. Do you have any sort of pearls of wisdom or any warnings or any ideas? Um, even practical ideas. I, I, I don't. Out your VAT, for example. Yeah. Well, I don't think um, I don't want to be sort of um, uh, glib about it and say, "Well, go and do it. Follow your dream," because it's nonsense. It's um, you've got to be fully planned out, mapped out. What I had in my mind, I had a conversation with my wife, uh, in which I said. Um, we'd spoken for probably about a year or so that it was something I'd been considering but never really mapped it out and then one day I said to her I'm going to do it need to do it I then sat down and spent three or four months mapping it out in my mind I had what I regarded as a product and uh, what I had uh, regarded as a market so clients I was already working with and clients I believed that I could work so um, you know shillings God love them um, I couldn't work with any football club outside of the top four because they wouldn't be able to afford. Yeah. Um, so I was able to target the entire Premier League and the Championship. You know, we worked with two or three Championship clubs as yeah. well as Premier League. Where I had that target market. Um, if you've got all of those things, 
then jump and don't dip your toe in jump just go for see, it see the way I would express what you just said is something that chimes with me is if you know there's a market and if you're in bed at night thinking some other bastard's going to get to this before me yeah I'd say that's the time you need to jump. Yeah, yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. It's um, I I think I'm a bit of a curiosity in as much as um. I seek sort of contentedness and humility in in myself, but I'm, I am as well very very driven and want to achieve and am quite competitive. Um, and it was a, this might be a good a good one to sort of finish up on. But I spoke about family and what drives me. Um, and. My little family that I've created is what all that matters to me now, and that was given to me by my parents. Uh, my mum and dad were very, very young when they had my brother and, and then me straight afterwards. I was supposed to be a girl, uh, let them down hugely in that respect. But mum and dad were, your mum was 16 when she had my brother. They were very, very young and they had next to nothing. Um, they worked incredibly hard to give us the opportunities that they didn't have, that they robbed of themselves by having us <laughs> so young. Um, and that comes from actually from both of their fathers, um, the two sides of me. So my dad had a great career in customs and excise. I mean, joined at 18 um, and, and, and was retired out only a year or two ago. But he was a very contented man, my dad, very humble, good sense of humour, very contented. Um, loves having grandchildren, loves having his boys around him, all of that. Um, and he gets that from his father, who was... Um, real yokel Kent lad who never left Kent until the Second World War. Jumped in a tank, landed on the beaches in Normandy, and the only time he ever went abroad after that was to do Normandy Veterans Association stuff. So, you know, a real yokel, small town or small village boy who saw incredible things, but all he wanted to do was be happy, humble, laugh and joke, huge sense of humour. And then on my mum's side of the family, my mum is incredibly driven. So as I said, mum is actually a career woman. The reason for that is as soon as she managed to pack us off to secondary school, she was off working at what was Abbey National, then Santander, became a regional uh, manager at Santander, which obviously made us hugely proud. She had a child at 16 and then had a great career. And that comes from her dad, who was actually too young for the Second World War, but joined... Uh, the Royal Engineers as um, as an 18 year old boy from Croydon from a broken home and worked his way up and became a Lieutenant Colonel and, and an MBE for his time serving in Northern Ireland. Right. Now he's the opposite of the other granddad. Um, I didn't have that many laughs and jokes with, 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 with Granddad Ray. Um, that's not fair, I had a few, but he didn't have the same contentment and laid back sense of humour, but he was driven and hard working. He ran a guest house after he retired and I went to work in it every summer and my God, he worked me hard in there. <laughs> doesn't matter whether I was his grandson, I was working as hard as everybody else. He once made me disassemble a, a, a chandelier and polish every single one and then put it back together. I'm not, actually not even sure it was dirty when I took it down. <laughs> um, but those two, to have those two things put together, um, I think you need a certain amount of all of them. It's kind of a little bit of a self-serving way to say, I think I'm getting it right, but I'm probably not. Well, I think you need the humility to know you are getting it right, but that is what drives me. Is. Yes. So you'd say there's, a, there's an inbuilt drive on you and that's what, when you found yourself in a situation where you went, I need to change it, you decided yeah. to change it, yeah. N- nicely summarised. Thanks, thanks. Um, <laughs> I mean, that, I think that's all, uh, all we've got time for. Matt, thanks you very much for your time. It's a pleasure, David. Um, it's always nice to speak to you. Thank you.